You have been tricked into downloading another special edition of yesteryear's news today. Which can mean only one thing. <laughs> that you were Johnny. <laughs> I'm saying. Um, we decided we're going to do something different this week again. Yeah, we're doing a special episode. We're breaking from our normal format. Which I'm not going to read to you. <laughs> There's no need It's now. written above. Yeah. There on iTunes. Uh, we've decided to review some very good uh, hoaxes and... Just, yeah, th- stories that were in the news that were just complete fabrications. <laughs> General uh, lies, really. Yeah. Uh, for the week that's in it. The time. Because, you know, just if you've downloaded this, because some people might download this weeks after it goes up. And, oh, yeah. Uh, it, 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 April Fool's Day has just yeah. passed, so yeah. we decided we'd, we'd do it for a special for this. I, I think, I'm sure we'll do, this would be a yearly thing, I guess, we'd cover. Oh, yeah. All the grey hoaxes. Yeah, or conspiracies or whatever. yeah, yeah. Cause what's your uh, what's your opinion on April Fool's Day in general? I always forget it. Like I always I always realize it's April Fool's Day on like the second of April. Oh, okay. And then be like, oh no, or I get like taken by something. Yeah, that's April. when I realize when I see on Facebook that like Marvel have bought the rights to Batman. Yeah. And you're yeah. like, well, okay, I guess it's April Fool's Day. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and usually somebody has posted it with like a really angry status, and they're like, "How dare they?" And like, why? How are people still believing this? Because <laughs> yeah, they do it every year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like every year, I've seen that Robert Downey Jr. isn't coming back as Iron Man, and they've got some yeah. ridiculous. But he also had ended his contract for a while, and then was going to renew it. But yeah, there's also that. <laughs> well, I think the the end, like April Fool's Day, the I'm more fine with the concept of it. It's grand. It's got no real significance one way or the other. But man, the internet's made it a nightmare because they're yeah. not. I get like doing a funny prank on somebody like that's yeah. that's a good laugh. Dressing up <laughs> as a policeman, knocking on someone's door, picking their post out of the post box to get their name, and then saying, "Hi, are you Mister Smith?" That's uh, your wife, Mrs. Smith, was just killed. That's good fun. It's good it's fun. Hilarious. Yeah, faking your identity. Yeah. <laughs> oh, like it's, it's fine. But... Robbing a bank with a rubber gun. <laughs> <laughs> April Fool's Day. It's fine. <laughs> Telling your girlfriend you cheated on her, just making her cry, and then like, ah, just April Fools. Innocent, <laughs> innocent laugh. Nobody gets hurt. Nobody gets hurt. It's I'll fine. Have to remember that. <laughs> but the internet's made it an awful place because it's just lies. It's not even pranks. It's just lies. <laughs> it's just somebody posts something stupid. Yeah. Some ridiculous, like, every year I see at least, I'd say 20. 20 girls post an announcement that they're pregnant and a picture of the cat oh, yeah. the cat scan <laughs> the uh what do you call yeah, it would be is it cat yeah, oh, okay. yeah. um yeah and, and like, sonogram yeah. sonogram yeah and, and and you still have the friends come like oh my god congratulations i had no idea it's like, are you serious like surely you've seen 20 of your friends uh, that have had this happen today yeah. it's just like they're not pranks they're just that's just a stupid lie <laughs> Oh, it's just, uh, I sound like that, yeah. <laughs> I don't really detest her or anything, but it's just really ridiculous. That is it. Like, the internet's a horrible place to be. Like, and YouTube are the worst. Like, we're like, oh, we turned the site upside down today. It's like, that's, that's just, really annoying. That's just inconvenient. <laughs> like, yeah. it's not even funny. <laughs> like, Google do all right things, because they... They don't like change their like nothing on Google's homepage or Google doesn't work a different way. They just create a silly idea that they put a lot of it. They, they just do. They actually make funny things for it. Like yeah, yeah, where they have some ridiculous 
you know they'll have like some a, a promotional video for some ridiculous new invention they have yeah, yeah. that's just nonsense but yeah the stuff where so bitter about <laughs> i want to do why are we why are we giving I, it's it's one of the i always remember as a kid my dad always got me on april fool's day right. like always it's like we he see, always they're the, ones, they're the good i like stuff i remember uh, the worst thing is i can't even think of any but there was just really mm. small things like hey we just heard from the school no you've yeah. no school today yeah, and like ah oh, darling's like april fool yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And annoyed you so much, but like, they're funny. That's funny, though. I, I would definitely do that. Yeah, yeah. But simple things like that. But my dad always got me, like right up till I was probably about thirteen, and then I was just like, "Oh no, no, I don't believe you now." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> On a, any day, <laughs> no matter what you say, because I'm a teenager. Because <laughs> yeah. actually, every story we do, we're gonna do, is a true hoax. Yeah, yeah, it's a true. They're untrue stories that were fooled truthfully at told. The time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and actually, to start off, I guess because to bring it back to our podcast and something we've done before. Yeah, go all the way back, all, all the, way, the back. way back to 1901, and Ooh. I think it was the 28th. Oh, actually, it was the 28th. It was actually the 28th of December 1900. Yeah, we we our our first episode aired on we done it on New Year's Day. Yeah, yeah. So we covered the previous week, so it was the end of nineteen oh one. There was a story that turned out to be an elaborate practical joke. Can you remember? Oh, the fifty school children. Oh, the, yeah. <laughs> it was the weirdest. I found the article <gasps> that was originally. It did not. Yeah, yeah. Because we just had the headline. It was just the falling in the ice. Yeah, yeah. And it was just like the, all the story we had was. The children fell on the ice, but it turned out to be an elaborate hoax. Yeah, and you're just like, what? All I could find at the time was the retraction that said, oh, that story that was released was a joke, was a practical joke. Yeah. And no mention of who done it or anything. Or so still, why? There is still no mention of who and why, because all I have is the article. But at least we now have the article to read what... So this is the article that was published about it. Yeah, yeah, this is when people still thought it was true. So I think this is a nice way to start. Excellent. So, so go all the way back. Plunged to death amid their play. <laughs> Half a hundred children drowned. Ice, ice broke while little ones were skating. Uh, and, and like this is the thing. Reading this, this is written, this just reads like every article we read on this show. I know, yeah. So it just, I just have to question everything <laughs> like everything we've ever yeah. read rumors of, of terrible catastrophe at uh what cheer iowa oh yeah see I yeah spent, I, I spent ages trying to pronounce that too in the headlines um in what cheer iowa yeah it's such an odd name and like I, i'm gonna search I, i'm sure i think we didn't done it the first time but I have to search to make sure what year is a place because it just sounds you're doing a story <laughs> where like 50 school children fall through ice and die to call a what in what cheer <laughs> it's pretty funny <laughs> i never saw it that way it's <laughs> really funny <laughs> what cheer um where 49 school children are reported to have perished in the chilly waters of a pond and it still does begin with rumors so uh, Chicago, December 28th, a special to the record from Des Moines, Iowa. Uh, at two o'clock, communication was secured with the mayor's office in, I don't know, I can't, I don't know that place. So 
mayor's office somewhere over the telephone and it was stated that that information had been received from Ottawa confirming the rumor of 49 children had been drowned at what year this state so it does begin with saying rumors but that's they say they've now confirmed they've confirmed it from from the mayor's office uh it was stated that the children had been skating on a pond near the fairgrounds there were only a few escapes the tragedy occurred about something o'clock two o'clock i think said earlier last last evening uh beyond this no particulars were known what year can can now cannot now be reached by wire so i don't know what what happened in what year <laughs> through the office of a telephone company uh at indian indianola is that indianola that came up where was that was something important in our yeah i'm drawing a blank but anyway a bulletin to the times hurled from Burlington, Iowa says a telephone message from Washington, Iowa last evening announced that 51 children were skating in the river near Foster, Monroe County when the ice broke through. This is, sorry, they're just repeating stuff. That's essentially the same thing I've all just, I haven't read it, but it's the same information. Uh, Telephone and telegraph messages to every point in your foster have failed to bring confirmation or denial of the story. And there's no (laughs) means of tracing the origin of the first message. Foster is a small town near Watchier and is located in the Milwaukee and St. Paul Railroad. Every available point having connection with Foster, either by wire or railroad, was roused, but could get no information. It is weird. So they are trying to confirm it, but still actually can't get contact with anyone. Maybe you're right. Maybe Watchier doesn't exist. Yeah. <laughs> or... Well, they'd know, well they, they know it's near this place, so they've at least confirmed it exists, I think. My theory is that it was going back to last week's episode that uh, maybe they were trying to raise a Frankenstein monster <laughs> and they decided the alchemy best way to do it was to sacrifice 49 children. <laughs> Could have been. Uh-huh. Maybe they had a really good harvest that year. <laughs> is, oh, it does say now it is taught, it is taught here that the report is probably not true. This is... Um, yeah, it's taught it's not true, but it's still told it. Uh, the telephone exchange at Watch here closed at midnight without either confirming or denying. Wow, they've repeated the same information like three <laughs> times. Because I think, I guess with this article, like, because we see an awful lot where they, t- at the time, because, and like we talked about before how journalists don't, like, they don't really take credit for their articles. So, like, a lot of people will just reprint something from another article like yeah, yeah. and sometimes you, papers. you'll see like two articles just like literally like cut half of one and half another and put, throw them together like yeah. just they might say from yeah, the washington yeah. post or whatever or first reported in this uh d- d- denied at devonport's uh, below it this december 27th after inquiry regarding the rumor of the drowning of 49 school children while skating on the river near Foster, Iowa, it develops that there is no truth in the report. A traveller who arrived in Seymour, Iowa, 15 miles west of Foster, earlier today states he left Foster late last evening and knew nothing of such an incident. So at that time, anyway, I don't know what confirm, what confirmation they had it wasn't true after that, but reading that version of it, if just a random traveller coming through says, oh no, I've just been there, no, nothing happened. <laughs> would you leave it at that or would you go further to investigate <laughs> they could have said like if if your theory, if we go by your theory that traveler could have been somebody sent 
They're like looking yeah. at goal and saying nothing happened. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, but that's your, that's not the, a good... ener- the energy feedback from our sacrifice spell has blocked out all the wires. <laughs> <laughs> so we need to go and buy a person. Okay, <laughs> it's not that wasn't. Why am I turning that off? I need that. That wasn't a. <laughs> that was the saying of Johnny turning off his tablet. Um, yeah, n- not the best story to open, but at least it's a callback to it. The the ho- a hoax we covered before yeah, yeah. very briefly so, it's such a strange thing that it just got into the media and yeah i so guess on. like and that's like because um the other things i have all come from well uh, any hoax is going to be spread through a newspaper back then but they're yeah. all just examples of how just you could be fooled back then because there was only one source of this information and you always you, you, yeah, you trust the newspapers to bring yeah. you the news and then the fact that people didn't take credit for articles and stuff, it just, yeah, it just seems was, so it easy. It seemed very, people played it very loose. Um, I just, and there seems to be like, there's days where they just need to fill page and they more test you as a writer as to how creative you can Ooh. be by the sound of it. Like, of people just coming up with these mad little stories. Yeah, like I've said it before, like there's stuff we've come across where I've taught, where it'll be written in like the LA Times will be about something that happened down in texas or not even further yeah like nebraska say somewhere like it in the middle of nowhere in nebraska and it's got this elaborate story to it you're like how how did this journalist actually find this out back then he didn't travel to nebraska yeah. you know i've got something down the wire from a journalist he knows in nebraska or did he just see an obituary yeah, and then and, make up the rest. Yeah. Yeah. Like, a lot, and like, or maybe he knew this guy was shot, but he's like, if you're in LA writing a story about somebody dying in Nebraska back then, without the internet, without TV, it's like, it's another country, essentially. Like, it's yeah, never going to get back. And you had to make it interesting. Yeah, and by so. the time it gets back, by the time it's traced to show that you lied, you're probably working at another newspaper at that point. Nobody remembers who wrote that article. Yeah. Because yeah. they never, there was no name on it. <laughs> and exactly. <laughs> there was probably only five people working for the paper. Yeah. While looking for hoaxes, I found this one, just to give you an idea, it was, um, oh, his name's giving me blank, but it was Mark Twain by his original name. Oh, uh, Mark, his non-pen name. Yeah. Oh, I can't remember. It's a weird one too, though. It's totally gone out of my yeah, head, sorry. Yeah, yeah. But in under his real name, he wrote this story about these um, archaeologists finding like a mummified Indian in a cave. And he <laughs> published it in the newspaper. Okay. But he just made it up. And then he came out and admitted that he made it up. Because everyone was just like, Good. but by the time it came to the point where he's like, no, that's a fictional story. But he actually wrote it as a fictional story, sent it to the newspaper kind of thing, and they just published it as, like, a report. Oh, wait, he didn't, so he... Well, he it's questionable. Um, oh, okay. And, but what happened was, loads of other newspapers picked up the article and spread it around and spread it around. Yeah, so. yeah. And uh, so it was believed for ages, it was, this, it was like the something mummy hoax or something like this. And, uh, never even and it was a, No, no. But I, I decided not to go into it. It was a really long story, really elaborate. Of just like, ah, oh. but it's another special edition. There, yeah, we'll so. do another special. Um, but it was like from, um, just as you say that, but just go to show you how the papers worked. Now that was around, I'm gonna say 1890s, I think. Right, it's a bit earlier. 
Um, yeah. Uh, well, now uh, the ones I got go back even further. Because okay. that was another. Sorry, sh- sorry, didn't mean to interrupt. Um, Whoa. <laughs> 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 yeah. I can't. No, I can't. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> Never mind. Sorry. Uh, I completely lost what I was going to say. Okay. I was going to go into a full story I have. That's yeah, no, I, no. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so keeping around at the time, our, our last week's episode was 1910. And then we were uh, 1909 before that. So this is a story from 1909, um, which was uh, in early December in 1909, the American papers reported that uh, Wallace uh, Tillinghast, uh, an inventor from Worcester, Massachusetts, had built the world's first heavier than air uh, flight craft. So, like, the Wright Brothers plane was considered a light as air because it was really simple frame work that actually flew. And um, now the, the report was that this uh, airplane could carry three passengers and had travelled a distance of over 300 miles at a speed of 120 miles per hour. Uh, way beyond the capability of any of the planes at the time. And it's the... The Wright brothers had only succeeded in their first flight in uh, 1903, and at the time, the land distance record, or for any flight, was made that July in 1909 by uh, Louis uh, Bleiro, I think it is, and he'd managed to cross the English Channel, which is a distance of 22 miles, in an aircraft. So, right. the, so this guy claimed. His aircraft went 300 miles, 120 miles per hour. So everyone was just like, whoa, that's serious. And the papers went nuts. Uh, journalists started like, uh, they started doing stakeouts inside his house. Because <laughs> he was like determined to keep uh, his plane a secret. Because he was paranoid that people would steal his plans and all this kind of stuff. So... Uh, he described his airplane in an interview uh, as a, a monoplane weighing 1,550 pounds with a spread of 72 feet and equipped with a 120 horsepower gasoline engine <laughs> of special construction. And he said, in addition, it also had two giant feelers like insect antenna. These are of rigid frames of steel, 35 feet long, and at the end of each is a box kite. No matter how the wind blows, these kites right themselves and the machine to which they are attached. So they're kind of like balances coming up over the top of it. Right, yeah. Was the idea. Uh, so the papers at the time uh, reported he had flown his craft on a 300-mile test in September. Uh, during which he claims he circled the Statue of Liberty <laughs> in the plane. But he also did all his test flights at night so that mm-hmm. nobody would see his plane and yeah. uh, uh, steal his plans, basically. Um, during this 300-mile test flight where in which he circled the Statue of Liberty, uh one of the engines blew out, or one of the cylinders in the engine uh, malfunctioned and blew it in him. Uh, so he, he claimed it. the, the re- reason he hasn't 
it, he's not it's not perfect yet so you know he has yeah, problems yeah, yeah. with it and all this and stuff but he managed to because it's of such good design he managed to during this flight he managed to keep it gliding at a height altitude of 4,000 feet for 46 minutes while he repaired the engine. <laughs> right? um, he refused to offer any proof of his claims, explaining he was worried others would steal it. He assured the media uh, he would publicly demonstrate his craft in February 1910. And there's this big show coming up in Boston. Right. Like invention show and this kind of stuff, and he's claiming he was going to show it at that. Um. Then, so there's aviation experts were really, really skeptical, and they, uh, like Wilbur Wright, one of the Wright brothers, uh, d- dismissed his claims out of hand. To quote him, says they're too palpably absurd from the first to take seriously. That's <laughs> good. Uh, Tillinghast or Tillinghast, not sure how to pronounce the name. Uh, at the time he was a respected man he was the vice president of this Rochester uh, manufacturing company and he just wasn't like he'd never had a history of telling lies or any of this kind of stuff he was respected he ran a factory that uh, like he by all means could have been capable of building this yeah, yeah. by like his reputation and the company he ran all that stuff and no one could see any reason as to why he'd be lying because he seemed to be like a respectable engineer <laughs> and like he had money and all this kind of stuff. And uh, in the Washington Post, they wrote, he certainly does not bear any of the appearance of the crank. <laughs> <laughs> he insisted he was telling the truth, claiming he, uh, he didn't seek out any uh, publicity himself that he was found out and stuff when in fact he was the first one to tell the boston herald about his invention in the first place but he kept going around going i don't want this media attention i never called the media (laughs) when he was like like basically like wrote a letter to the boston herald going i've invented this amazing plane and uh so on december 22nd of 1909 thousands of people reported seeing uh, his craft flying above the town of Worcester. It was described as hawk-like over the city, searching the ground below with a powerful searchlight. One man said he could clearly see the frame of the airship. Another man uh, said he could see two men sitting in it. Uh, so there's loads of these reports coming in. And stuff. Then on Christmas Eve, on the 23rd, uh, there was um, 23 separate sightings of the airship throughout like n- the old New England area. Thousands of people in Boston, because uh, this was like all over the papers. Is like, will you see the ship in the sky tonight? All this kind of. So, thousands of people in Boston were described as like going outside their homes at night, trying to look for it in the sky, and none of them ever saw anything. And then, as I said, yeah, reporters started like, uh, like stalking them and like putting in. Uh, they're putting up a, uh, like, uh doing stakeouts and stuff and, yeah, yeah. and like following him everywhere trying to find his secret work airplane workshop and all this kind of stuff so even though he claimed he'd show it by february by march he still hadn't shown it and skepticism started to grow among the media and stuff one journalist had suggested mass delusions and pointed out that it was hard <laughs> hard cider season in new england <laughs> <laughs> others suggested what people were seeing was actually venus as it was very bright in the sky at the time 
There's always some guy who goes, it's Venus. Yeah. I've never seen I, Venus. Yeah, and I've never, like, how could you see a planet, a bright, like... like it's a, a bright star. A planet being, even, like, being a hundred million times brighter than it is every other night of the year. Still barely. You're just, still oh, a like, bright star. Yeah. <laughs> it's not going to, conf- like, how are you going to confuse that as <laughs> a hawk, like... That's amazing. Yeah. But sorry, just so them saying noticing it was hard cider season, is that literally implying there, there was just drunk people? Yeah. Like, that's a, like, that's just what one reporter's opinion was. <laughs> like, it's like the media went nuts for like a week over like, what is this? Well, I guess that makes sense because if, um, like, say last week, if you woke up last Thursday and you saw like there's a bunch of like sightings over Dublin, you would have been like, well, it was Paddy's night. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you dismiss any sight and like... Yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, yeah. Um, so by the end of December, after Christmas and all that stuff, there was... This is what could be a hoax within a hoax. <laughs> I like it. A Mr. C.D. Rawson of Worcester stepped forward and admitted he was responsible for the sightings. Claiming he'd attached small lanterns and reflectors to the legs of some owls as a prank. <laughs> oh, oh, I loved it. See, now that's what we're talking. That's a prank. That's what you should be doing on April Fool's Day. Not, not giving, not like making up stuff about Iron No Man. one could figure out whether this guy was telling the truth or not, or whether he was just trying to get his name in the paper. But either one is funny. <laughs> I and, hope he just uh, done that stuff with the People owls. started to question saying it was very unlikely that people would mistake lantern bearing owls <laughs> for an aeroplane. <laughs> <laughs> so was he just trying to get in the paper or, or did he actually just think, you know what, this fella's claiming he has an aeroplane. I'm going to put some lamps on an owl. <laughs> he could have done that. The owls just flew into a woods where, or a barn where they normally live, and nobody actually ever got to even see them. And he was like, "Yeah, I did that." <laughs> yeah, like he might have thought that is what we're seeing. Nobody actually but saw no it. Really, is it? Yeah, just a dead owl somewhere wrapped in Christmas lights. So this is. The, I think, anyway, right? So telling it, uh, this is the awful thing about it is he basically just never showed his plane in the end he just made these claims for months and months weeks and weeks and then the media just kind of got bored of him not putting anything forward so by february 1910 with still no sign of anything anywhere no plane uh it was concluded by a lot of the media were all like oh it's a hoax it's yeah. a hoax after they spent like weeks following him and so they all started claiming oh it's a hoax there's nothing um there was a J. Walter Flagg, who was the director of the New England Aero Club, and he issued a statement that summarised public opinion. I believe this man is a faker, that the claims he has made are unfounded, and I do not believe he has made a single flight. After a searching investigation, I do not find one fact to warrant <laughs> the statement that he has ever made an ascension or completed a machine in which to fly. <laughs> and that's... And everything I've looked up about um, Tlinghast, it just kind of ends with like, oh, he claimed this and then never proved it. He There's no follow through. Nothing. He just faded from fame. Like, there was obviously no way to follow through because he probably he just stuck by it and then 
eventually yeah. people weren't even interested in hearing him stick by it and he just yeah. faded into obscurity and that was it wouldn't it be amazing if he actually built this incredible airplane in 1910 yeah but he and... was so paranoid that people would steal his idea <laughs> that he just kind of let it die and then a plane to equal its abilities didn't come around for another like 50 years <laughs> <laughs> like you're talking like world war Two later even yeah, before yeah, they had yeah. planes that fast Probably the bomber uh, that ended World War Two with the nuke, that was probably capable of reaching those speeds. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? <laughs> like, so, like, wouldn't it be amazing if actually this guy had a secret company and they were responsible for all the Roswell sightings? <laughs> but he was just really oh, paranoid. It's a good theory there. Yeah. I'm sure, there's a, I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that actually... Because everybody loves conspiracy. Well, not everybody, but... I'm sure you could, like, if you can't find anything else about it, the place to go is probably a conspiracy site. <laughs> I can just post on a... F- yeah. I might do, like, go on to some, find some conspiracy site. Oh, yeah. I post on the forums, just like, hey, anyone have any info about this? And I'm sure there'll be people that will have, like, have mad how it's... Like you said, linked to Roswell and stuff. Yeah. Be yeah. Good. We have to get on our friends, those conspiracy guys, and ask them. Yeah. I haven't heard one of those podcasts in... Ages. They've no, done one in a month or two. Oh, oh yeah, I mean, I haven't... There's been none up to listen. Oh, okay. They better do more. Very good. Um, oh, actually, <laughs> yeah. Samuel Longhorn. Clemens, that's Mark Twain's. That's it. Also, Samuel I th- Clemens, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, Indianola, was that where... Um, oh, what's her name? The, the black lady. Who's the uh, post office worker? Yeah. Yes, yeah, it is, yeah, yeah. Uh, Mini Cox. That's yeah, yeah. Um, but that's or a Mimi Cox. Mini, Mini, Mini Cox. Mini, yeah, yeah I think you're right the first time. Th- that's very good. Um, it, it's great because like he was, like you said, like he was a res- before all of this anyway. He was a respectable, knowledgeable. Why would you make something like that? Why would you risk? Yeah, because I, I suspect he probably started realistically i suspect he probably started building this thing yeah and then to try and claim traction maybe some investors whatever he started claiming it was working but they hadn't actually started flying it yet yeah and then they probably reached a point in development where they went this isn't gonna work so you think it was like um peary robert peary with the channel well, for remember the guy for the North Pole, like yeah, he, yeah. And he, he just needed to find something to so his people would fund oh, his yeah. next. So he, he claimed he made the climb. Is that the guy? You, no, sorry? that was Cook. No, oh, sorry. but you same principle, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that he he pretended to, that he had discovered a, a channel of in a Greenland. Oh, sorry, yeah, yeah. Just so as he get funding for the next journey, that it's kind of it's no different than that, really. Yeah, just, I I think there might have been he had come, conceived this design, maybe made a a model maybe even built it but they couldn't get it to fly yeah but he thought oh if we just get some more investors we can make this thing fly so know? he probably he didn't do this but he probably thought he could if he just had the some more money like. that's what i think like he's probably a guy who built engines and then thought he knew nothing about aerodynamics yeah but figured this should work well, this is the thing. This is around the period where nobody really knew anything about aerodynamics. They were just like, it was all trial and error. Yeah, yeah. Like to try and figure it out. So you'd wonder if he was like actually working on it. You'd wonder how close he was to doing what he's described. Yeah, doing. 
Uh, probably not. Or he was like, genius sent back in time. <laughs> <laughs> That's... Uh-huh. Maybe he was building a spaceship to return to his home planet. <laughs> you never know. But no, I, I think realistically, yeah, he probably had... Was in the uh, process of trying to build this plane... Yeah, 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 and that it kind of all went wrong on him, and then he kind of just had to step out of the limelight. I imagine so. That like does sound the to be a likely one, and he might have been still a bit crazy and even thinking that he could ever do yeah. this. But there's one here very similar. Now you know you know about this hawks already. We've, I do. We've talked about this before. Um, I think we have anyway. The, yeah. The great balloon hawks. Oh, maybe. Uh, you, you'll know. Like it's the you know you we. Did we touch on it in episode one? No, no, we didn't touch on it at all. I think we've just talked about it in general, like, ourselves. I suspect we talked about it when off uh, mic. No, 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 nothing got to do with the show. Like, it's um, a collection of newspaper articles that Edgar Allan Poe wrote. Oh, okay. Um, Oh, I told you about this. Well, I think we we definitely did. Well, I know we discussed yes, it. Yeah, sorry. I I found this and I told you about it. I remember this. Sorry. Anyway, go on. Um, yeah. But it's not like... It's not the... Like... It's not the most interesting... Like, it, it's a good one, but... I think it's really interesting. <laughs> oh, do you want to talk about <laughs> no, it? No, no, no. Because <laughs> I'm only using it as an introduction to something else. Okay, sorry. Um, like, I want to go into it. Yeah, yeah. So, for listeners... Um, it was presented. It's a. It's an Edgar Allan Poe. It's a short. It's essentially a Poe story or a yeah. series of stories that follows the way any of his do. do. But it was presented as a true story and detailed this uh, monk Mason's trip across the Atlantic Ocean. Uh, a, a European. Uh, yeah, his trip across the Atlantic Ocean that took only three days in a gas balloon, and was later revealed to be a hoax and retracted two days later. So it was first published on. April 13th, 1844, so we're going way back in the New York Sun. And just to give you an idea of what it reads like, this is the how it was presented. Just a bit of it, because this is very long. Astoni- astounding news by Express via Norfolk. The Atlantic crossed in three days. Signal triumph of Mr. Monk Mason's flying machine. Arrival in, at Sullivan's Ireland near, near Charlestown SC of Mr. Mason. Um, steering balloon, Victoria, after a passage of 75 hours from land to land, full particulars of the voyage, and then they go into it. So, <laughs> actually, the, the retraction's even funnier, but, so basically, he he wrote this hoax, um, because, like, he was stuck for money. he just yeah. moved to New York, he was broke, his wife was, well, he didn't know she was dying, but she was. Yeah. I think he had five dollars to his name at this point. Wow, uh, which is funny considering like how you know from now. But he, uh, I mean, in New York, well, every everywhere in America, <laughs> we were talking about this at this topic. But like, pretty much the the newspapers being the only way to get news, yeah. they're all like competing. And in New York, in particular, there was this like attitude of having up to up to date news like news on the hour kind of thing because like yeah, every yeah. paper were, they had like three editions a day yeah yeah so they're just competing to get like the latest news that was the big the big thing for them to have that and Paul just thought oh this is an easy way to make money so 
<laughs> and so he just wrote this article for for that reason. But also, there's probably a little bit of revenge involved. Did uh, you come across this when you no, were? No, 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 I didn't know. I see, this is I, I'll, this is why I found it. I just read the original story the, of the of what he'd written. Like, oh, you read his actual like? His, yeah, yeah. Let's call it a short story for. Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. The um actually yeah for anyone listening because I don't want I just it's too long to because it's like yeah. reading a short story <laughs> yeah, yeah. um I'll I'll go through a summary of it but if you it's on po postories dot com I think it oh, okay cool. and the whole thing's there but also there's like Liverbox Liverbox I can't I don't know I don't use them I just saw it on YouTube but it's an app I think it's a public domain audiobook thing and there's a full version of it in audio there if people want to be lazy cool um. But, yeah, there was a, a similar hoax a few years prior in the same newspaper. And this was called the Moon Hoax. And this was rumoured to be written by the now editor of The Sun. <laughs> okay. But Poe, uh, well, they say Poe was inspired by this to, to do a hoax. But also this uh, great Moon Hoax, Poe claimed it was a pla- plagiarized from his, one of his own works. Ah. And he felt he was slighted because he never even got uh, a percentage of the money it made because this, yeah. sto- this great moonhawks went around and he got no royalties. So he thought this guy stole his story, printed it yeah. in a newspaper as a hoax. So to get back, <laughs> essentially, Poe was going to write his own hoax, send it to the paper as a true story, make some money, <laughs> which is genius. <laughs> That's brilliant. Yeah, so this is like a r- roughly the story that Poe submitted. This is about 5,000 words. So the, the, the summary is, Monk Mason had applied the principle of Archimedean screw to, to the propulsion of a, oh, sorry, of a balloon. The, the gas bag was an ellipsoid 13 feet long with a car suspended from it. The screw propeller, which was attached to the car, was operated by a spring, a rudder shaped like a battle I don't know. What's a battle door? Battle door? Battle door? Yeah. I don't know what that is. Yeah. Uh, kept the airship it's on its door you carry into battle? <laughs> <laughs> it, oh, it's, it's, it's door, is in Like, door, D-O-R-E. Door? Oh, <laughs> you run up to your enemies. Knock, knock! <laughs> um, <laughs> Just hit them in the face with a door. But according to the, the... Apparently the voyage left North Wales, intending to sail across the English Channel. And the, the mechanism of the propeller broke, and the balloon caught... In a strong northwest wind, was carried across the Atlantic at a speed of sixty or more miles an hour. Mister Mason kept a journal to which, at the end of each day, added a postscript. The balloon landed safely on the coast of South Carolina near Fort Moultrie. So the names associated with the voyage—some of them were real. Like there was a real uh, race, or a, a small party had actually sailed. Uh, okay from london in like 36 and so he he just took their name so as if anybody did do did like oh well a few years ago this oh, guy did tried do, this before yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but it was still completely made up the retraction just a few days after is great the mails from south last saturday night not having <laughs> not having brought a confirmation of the arrival of the balloon from england the particulars of which from our correspondence we detailed in our extra we are inclined to believe that the intelligence is erroneous. The description of the balloon and the voyage was written with a minuteness and scientific ability calculated to obtain credit everywhere and was read with great pleasure and satisfaction. 
we by no means think such a project impossible. <laughs> <laughs> That's a weird way to retract it. Yeah, yeah. Did you who because you, you read the uh, the actual story? Like, yeah. Is there any like anything that you really liked from it? Oh, I can't remember. Other it's than ages ago. Okay. Yeah, like it, it's good. Like I, I really liked it, but it wasn't as good as what what the. It was based on the Great Moon Hoax. It's probably oh, yeah, the better yeah. one. But it's still, I don't know, it's still funny. It's also, like, it's essentially what inspired Jules Verne for Around the World in 80 Days. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, I assume so. He's, like, a Poe fan, so. And to come back from uh, a conversation we had in the in the first episode as well. If you, oh, if yeah, we were talking about and stuff, yeah. Uh, the, the first human carrying lighter than aircraft, as you used as well in your story. Yeah. To cross the Atlantic wasn't until 1919, a British Zeppelin that flew to England, um, or f- flew from England to New York in 108 hours. So, wow. Which is funny as well, just what you mentioned, <laughs> your story at the start. But that's, I, I saw around, uh, I was in the pub around the corner there through the night, and they have in one, one of their, I suppose their snugs, they've all these newspaper articles and photos of the first plane that left from Ireland to America and it was the right. first plane to do cross the Atlantic and it left from uh from uh the Irish uh west coast and then landed in America and I thought oh when we get to that year I <laughs> really cover that yeah because I, I was sitting in the pub going oh there's these posters all around me what pub was this uh, just the one around the corner. Here. Oh right, okay. I've, no, I've just I've been. It's I, called the comet. I think it's named after the plane that did it. I'm not oh, too sure. I could okay. be wrong. I've um, I think I've I've used the off license in there before. But oh yeah, it looks. I've been curious. It looks like a nice pub. It is. Yeah. Should do a podcast from there. <laughs> we should do a pub. Two podcasts from a pub. Definitely. But the great great moonhawks is like this is my favorite because this was this is very like. Yeah. Oh, that was, sorry, I made you go into that way. Oh. Too. That was your intro into the moon hoax, is it? Essentially. Okay, yeah. Well, that's right. Because I was like, can, I, can you tell me the moon hoax? But then you are. Sorry. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah, yeah. No, this is. You will love this. This is amazing. This was a series of six articles that was published in the Sun, the same paper, uh, in 1935. So it began in August 20. On August twenty fifth, they advertised. They even they advertised this article. So, I was like, like, we have this interesting article. Everybody, coming they knew what they were. This isn't like the, they knew, and that's why the retraction to the poll one seems so like that they didn't seem all that angry about it. Like, oh yeah, but um, this is a pretty much it's the supposed discovery of a life and its entire civilization on the moon. <laughs> uh, they were. Falsely attributed to uh, Sir John Herschel, who was an actual astron- astronomer, astronomer, astronomer. They so like they didn't they didn't make up names. They didn't go for anyone that like had some connection to it, but yeah. loosely enough, they went for an actual working known oh, astronomer, brilliant. like one of the best known at the times. Yeah, so on the twenty first, they advertised it as like this upcoming feature, and. They, I don't know what the, they claimed they had gotten it from another, that they had like, uh, pretty much had a deal with some British paper that had printed yeah. it, because I, I guess that just makes it seem more real, like oh, yeah, it's okay, from another yeah. source. So it pretty much, it, it began, the 
So the first thing they say in, in the original article was an unusual addition to our journal. That's how they announced it, but promised it was worth reading. So <laughs> <laughs> I have a co- recent discoveries in astronomy, which will build an, in- an impressionable monument to the age in which we live and confer upon the present generation of the human race, a proud distinction through all future time. The, the first article, uh, just started listing all these uh, breakthroughs by this British astronomer, the John, John Herschel, uh, by means, uh, this is a quote, by means of a telescope of vast dimensions and an entirely new principle. <laughs> <laughs> so, and now to be fair, they go, there's no way I can read it. This, this one's much longer. Than oh, yeah, this right. is like 12,000 words. This oh, yeah. is so long. Like they really go in like this. They describe this telescope and it's meant to be joint. I think it's still like, it's the way it's described. I, I could be wrong in this, but I think it's twice as big as what, as the biggest telescope exists today. Like, oh, really? okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I could be wrong in that, but it's definitely like what they describe is huge. Yeah, yeah. And they have this whole, they go in like, it's like a comic book science, but they have at least a science behind how this yeah, telescope yeah. works. So, and the first article just started going through that. But a claim to discover planets in our solar system and another quote, solved or corrected nearly every leading problem in mathematic, uh, mathematical astronomy. This is all just to build him up as the man. <laughs> he is solved. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then... Just like it was just an afterthought, it just like mentioned, oh, yeah, and his most recent uh, discovery is life on the moon. (laughs) (laughs) So, and the entire like narrative of this story is just really long. Um, And it's just like, it's just ramblings of what he he discovered. There's no, it's not like the Poe's race where he got, like, not like Poe's hoax where you know, that tells a story about this guy doing it. Yeah, this yeah. article is just listing out all the things he discovered, essentially. Just uh, in, uh, unveiling one amazing thing after another. <laughs> <laughs> and, so, and and also, yes, sorry, um, the most sort of important thing about this, these articles is that it's uh, Dr. Andrew Grant, a former yeah. pupil of William Herschel, the father of John Herschel, who yeah. and and this William Herschel guy, he I, I think he discovered Uranus. Okay. Um, but yeah, so this <laughs> Doctor Andrew Grant's not real, but so oh, okay. it's him that's writing. The, he's the guy writing this article, and, and uh, he's worked okay. with he's worked with Herschel on all of this. So oh, okay, yeah, yeah. So and it's for some that even lends a like, that just yeah. seems more credible again. So and that was how they started. So day two, that was the beginning, just really building up everything. But day two, this is they go into the, the mainly this is the plant and animal life they find on the moon. They cover wow. in the in the second day. So, um, <laughs> and like you know, they spoke. They called it like a major discovery on. And this is, he's talking about, he discovered it earlier. So he says that on January 10th, 1935, he first trained his telescope upon the moon. And what appeared uh, before his eyes was a beautifully distinct and even vivid, vivid representation of, uh, of, of rock. <laughs> Their articulation similar, similar to those um, 
those formations at Staffa. Shift, uh, shifting in view a little bit, Herschel then perceived that the rock was profusely covered with a dark red flower. And then he goes on to just talk about uh, the discovery. It's like the, this discovery pretty much of a plant just got him really excited about what, what other things might be there, like the potential of animal life. Yeah. And <laughs> don't really waste any time in going into it. Uh, he starts talking about, uh, after seeing this, he started looking for animals and he found a herd of brown quadrupeds similar, similar to bison or a goat. <laughs> of a, and, and a quote, sorry, of a bluish lead color and a strange and amphibious creature of spherical form which rolled with great velocity across the pebbly beach. <laughs> so he's you now there's sheep well bison yeah. sheep like creatures there's there's bird it's great there's spherical <laughs> snakes yeah and actually do i'm sorry i'm gonna look to see no i do have pictures i'll show you them after um yeah and like that again it's another one that goes on for ages but on the third day they open the article with a lot of focus on the geological uh formations of the moon sorry can i it's the motorbike outside i think oh is it yeah, yeah. oh right it sounds of... like a phone yeah. yeah i'm kind of it sounds i kept hearing it I like just heard here it there. yeah it was gone oh okay yeah, it was really throwing me but yeah so on the third day they pretty much they opened up the article and just we're talking about the geological formation of the moon pretty much describing these oval shaped mountains and and long and volcanoes extinct volcanoes oh yeah it's like a really like just the scale of what they're seeing and what we know of the moon now is just being this completely flat dead surface and he's already describing all these great formations and plant life and dead volcanoes and uh but dr grant listed a, a number of plant and animal life the astron astronomer had seen at this point so already now they claim or dr grant said that herschel had discovered 38 species of trees twice the number of plants nine species of mammal and uh and five of uh, of a para as in of animals that ovulate lay eggs yeah, yeah but yeah that was the 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 highlight of day three essentially <laughs> was grant's description uh, was grant's description uh oh, sorry <laughs> okay then. the highlight of the day was his description of intelligent life Wow. The first sign of intelligent life. There's more to come. Yeah. This is a beaver. <laughs> he, he, he discovered a beaver on the moon. Okay. T take him up. There's not... You're expecting more to come from that, but there's not really. Okay. Do you not find that amazing? Beavers on the moon? Come on. <laughs> yeah, but like, they're intelligent? <laughs> yeah, I guess beavers are intelligent. I mean, they... I know, but how, like, when you said intelligent life, I was kind of like, you know, creatures building houses and... Light and fire oh, and no, technology. That, I thought that's where you were going. No, with. no, that'd be too ridiculous. Oh, okay. No, you're actually yeah. That's <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He describes that they had huts. Oh. Sorry, I just wanted because <laughs> it was getting so ridiculous. I okay. Yeah, no. He said um, I don't. He didn't go as far as say these ones were communicating, but he said they walked on two legs. They were bipedal. Bipedal. That's the right yep. word. Yeah, bipedal beavers, and had made little huts. He, like he describes essentially like monkeys, I guess. Yeah, right. yeah. But he. It's just the fact that they keep calling them beavers. It's just it's so much funnier. <laughs> okay. 
but even do I have a no yeah I, there's no real I, do, I thought I had a picture of them I don't think there is because there's some artist like they had artist illustrations oh, yeah, to go with them for some of the stuff that comes later there was but there was no depictions of the beavers which is a shame because yeah. I would just like to see how close they look to just monkeys and how he just kept calling them beavers because everything is yeah. I, I don't know why he's calling them beavers but no he goes really far to, to actually say that there was signs of smoke above their huts so in, they have they have discovered fire. Yeah, yeah. But these are this is still the the first sign of intelligent life. And on the in the article, this is day three, and in the article they refer to it as the first sign. So like they're letting readers know that more is coming. <laughs> like yeah. So on day four, this is when they drop the big news. This claimed Herschel discovered humanoid life in a red hill. Area of the surface, of the lunar surface, and they called well. They call this hill or this. Well, I guess it was a series of big red hills, like something from a Zelda video game, and they called it <laughs> the Ruby Colosseum. Yeah, and is the description of these were all of them were covered apart from everything of them was covered apart from the face, well, like hair, like the hairy. Yeah, uh, like I think as well, like a real copper. Like he described them having a copper colored hair okay uh, and they had wings nice of like a, a tin membrane without hair so kind of like, like, like a bat wing nearly. exactly that's even what they called them um they were called man bats yeah <laughs> well there was um they were called vesper tilio homo man bat that but that's yeah, yeah. Their, he, he got, that was their, <laughs> their cool. official title but yeah i guess there's nothing more to say about them there should be loads but yeah i think they there's no this there is a photo here i'll give you in a second it's not colored but there's a there's a really good there's a children's book i can't remember what it's actually called but it was written this written much later but it bases off this article oh, and cool. they've got the best illustrations that oh brilliant it looks very like where the wild things are that oh yeah but yeah, but yeah so he, he describes these these new creatures, the man, we'll call them man bats, which like, that's just insane at this point. Yeah. <laughs> and he goes really. So there's inte- intelligent beavers, which are like cavemen, but then there's these man bats that could be as evolved as us. Is that the uh, implication here? I'd still say the beavers are. Yeah, I guess. No, yeah. But there's something it get This continues to. We're only on day four. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, there's not much left, but still. Yeah. But yeah, no, he had, like, he'd said he had seen them communicating with each other and so naturally concluded that they have their own language and could potentially be as yes. as intelligent as man. And Dr. Grant, the, who's writing this, or meant to be writing this, he, he makes mention that, because, you know, he was with Herschel and he was looking through the telescope too. He makes his own point. <laughs> I don't know why he added it, that, you know, very they were very unlike man in this in their sort of the way their society seemed to work because they would freely mate out in the open (laughs) (laughs) i just like that but bit of wishful thinking out of them yeah this is a (laughs) an illustration that appeared with it (laughs) the beavers are in the background yeah it's really funny we have to put that up oh yeah, yeah there's more as well like yeah um, no, there's some great ones, but now at this point, day four, yeah. the the writers 
writer or writers of the article at least gave the public enough credit to assume that they'd probably question what was what they were reading. Yeah. So they actually said, like, we know this sounds crazy, but we have verification coming up, stay reading. And so on on the, the next day, uh, like a Saturday, they uh, had other scientists who had came and met with Herschel Oh, yeah. And we're allowed to view through the telescope. They just wrote about this and they had confirmed the sightings. Yeah. But, like, again, like just having another made up name or another actual scientist and just lying. <laughs> like, it's just, it's not a con- Like, it's as easy to, like, it's so funny. Like, they just write, we've confirmed it and yeah. make up a name and that's enough. It's hilarious. But that's how papers work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is my favorite part of it. This, and, if you're only going to read one article from it, just read the fifth one. Well, fifth and sixth, I guess, because they kind of like build up this sort of, they add a bit of mystery to it now. Oh, yeah. And they talk about the, uh, <laughs> well, first, yeah, I think they, fi- they find more, well, no, no actually, they f- just they find an abandoned temple. Okay. <laughs> it's getting very like Prometheus there. Oh, yeah. Prometheus. Actually, it's, it really sounds like the Lovecraft, the At the Mountains of Madness. But yeah, and yeah, the the claim claim was built with a polished sapphire, and that the roof, the, they said that the roof of the temple was constructed out of a yellow metal, and it was fashioned to look like a, a mass of flames. Oh, okay. On yeah. top of, I'll have a drawn later. So they called this because of the the flames on top. They called it a sun temple, and then it's the, you know they were kind of trying to guess that you know the way it was built that. It must be some place of worship, or there had to be some even greater beings on the planet that this, the way this was constructed, yeah. just having those flames on it had to mean something. Like it, lo- yeah, it's more just like a tower with flames on it. Looks very Scientology. Yeah, and then just the the day out, the next article. This is the last one on the Monday. The they discover another version of the man bat, the Vespertilio Homo. They call this a superior order. Yeah. Uh, and they find them living close to the temple and describe them as like just being larger than the, the former species. Oh, right. And a lighter skin color. And just, they, they call them an improved race, essentially. <laughs> um, but yeah, and this is what I found really funny in this, the last article is that they start describing like the they pretty much saying that from what they could see, all the life on the moon kind of coexisted peacefully. But earlier, like this is what shows the flaw in the writing <laughs> that it's a hoax or they just weren't keeping up with their own their own BS. Because in like the first day, they mentioned finding birds that were eating fish. Yeah, and they just, but now they're saying they found uh, no uh, omnivores or <laughs> carnivores on the planet from what they could see. But they actually said earlier on they did. So they actually just, they just completely cut. Like, if you're yeah. going to do a big elaborate hoax like this, at least pay attention. Small yeah. details. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so in this, on this day anyway, they said there was no, no carnivorous activity. And yeah, and the part, the article sadly pretty much ended here with Grant himself mentioning that one of his own observations when Herschel allowed him to view the telescope and this was actually, yeah, there's a really, for some reason, like the last, like in the last few paragraphs of the article, they tell a story about how like the left, because this was at the point when all the other scientists came around to confirm it. They, uh, 
were all like, oh, that's amazing. And then they all left to go out and have a drink together and discuss it. And they took a few days off from viewing through the, viewing through the telescope. And they came back to find the lab had burnt down <laughs> because they left the telescope in position. And because it was so big and the glass was so thick. From the sun. Yeah, yeah, they burnt down the lab. So they had to take a month off from the research and readjust. And <laughs> I'm like, why throw that in at the end of the year? It's such an unnecessary... <laughs> no, we need to yeah. <laughs> If but, you didn't think it was unbelievable enough. Yes. Yeah, and now Dr. Grant, the, the writer of the article, claims that a month after that, he was viewing through the telescope and he found yet another species of Vespertelio homo and that they are even seem to be an even superior race again yeah <laughs> and <laughs> well I, yeah well he described them in his description of them he he pretty much says they were what what we describe as looking like angels he, he described oh, them as okay, the, yeah. what, what people refer to as angels in religious books they seem to have yeah. that appearance so yeah it sounds like they're getting yeah <laughs> They're gods. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, maybe they're kind of looking at it as like winged evolution. Even though evolution probably wouldn't be very popular at the time. Yeah. But they're probably looking at it like, you know, the way, like there's humans and then there's like chimpanzees and then there's like spider monkeys. So they were yeah. kind of looking at it like yeah, that. Yeah, really, yeah. You know? yeah, yeah. Like, he, like I think his exact word was that uh, what... Like painter, like Renaissance painters, when they depicted angels, yeah, yeah, that that was now what was living there. Which that's an even more humanoid version, but with wings, I guess. Yeah. So it it seems not too different than like you said, going from the monkeys. It's yeah. very like it. But yeah, he but he won't go any further with that, saying that the full accounts of all life on the moon would be detailed in Doctor Herschel's authenticated natural history of the planet, which would be released. Uh, in a few months and yeah and it ended there that was the end of it wow like a really detailed insane hoax (laughs) and according to legend the circulation of the sun increased dramatically because of the hoax and of course yeah and I saw that on loads of things I did look that up before the story ran yeah they had sold 26,000 newspapers yeah. The week before, afterwards, they sold nineteen thousand three hundred and six. Uh, so actually, so actually it actually dropped. But it seems to have nothing got to do with the story. Apparently, there was a, a fire a few weeks beforehand, and it destroyed the printing press for two other newspapers. Uh, so okay. they just didn't have for when they were doing the twenty six thousand. It just had no competition. Yeah. yeah. So the nineteen thousand was about average, which yeah, so yeah. It means it actually didn't rise at all during the yeah 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 because it's not like. Do, the hoax didn't like make the paper more popular. The paper was already really popular, it seemed, and that's what made the hoax really popular. Like, yeah, yeah. Because it spread so quickly, every newspaper was copying it. So by the time, like, because we've seen it before, papers would get news a week later after another paper. Yeah. But by the time they got to the third article, other papers were already on the second one, like reposting yeah, yeah, yeah. it. So it just moved really quickly. And what's really funny, apparently, the actual Herschel was really amused by it like he just thought it was really funny so he just went yeah yeah when it was outed when it came out he just said he he wished just if one of his observations was just close to as exciting as what they described he'd he'd have been happy like yeah, yeah. He, and he just thought it was really funny <laughs> he saw signs of plant life yeah. the simplest plant life he'd yeah. really happy. 
but he got apparently he got really really annoyed in the months and years to come because he was constantly asked questions about it as if it was still true like even <laughs> after <laughs> but i suppose if it's around enough people just Oh, oh yeah, you two the guy discovered they life. They might remember him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they just know what there was life there, wasn't there? But yeah, yeah uh, and the guy that wrote it, or probably wrote it, was it uh, Richard Adams Locke. So he's the guy that was editor by the time Poe sold his story. Oh yeah, but there's no actual proof that he done it. He denied it. It seems most likely it was him though. Yeah, because uh, he'd even kind of talked about similar things before. But if he done it, and let's assume he did. It's most most likely he originally meant it to just be satire. Yeah, yeah. That he didn't actually want it to be taken serious. He was essentially meant to ridicule some of the ridiculous theories people had about the moon. Oh, okay. Yeah. And that he was kind of just writing it as a joke. Yeah, just kind of cut on. And it just took on a life of its own. So yeah. no difference than like a lot of the modern hoaxes we have. Like they they are just jokes, and then people take yeah. them serious. Loads of like critics and other writers wrote articles about it because there was still like it seemed most people believed it sadly yeah. but there was still a, there was still going to be people who were like this is no no this is bs like yeah so there was people writing articles that were that like was in their that proved it was real in their opinion like and all oh, these yeah. all these intelligent people were supporting it like in defending dr grant who doesn't exist and and they just like yeah, the, there was no outing of it. Like they just were trying. They it was just the sun then posted and said yeah, no, met that up. Like there was no. And what's really funny, like nobody was angry that they met it up. Like there seemed to be no, <laughs> there was no resentment. People were like oh, that wasn't true. Huh. Oh well, funny that. Yeah. And people just want it didn't affect them in any way. It seems what an awesome story. Oh, that's brilliant. Imagine that was true. I found so many sites of people claiming it was true. Oh, really? Yeah, like loads of conspiracy theorists claim it was like Dr. Grant was real and he was trying to tell Oh, and the they world. got covered up yeah. for some reason. And that's why you can't track down some of the people because they were taken out taken out back and a bullet put through their head. Like, like, we haven't gone back to the moon. Yeah, yeah, there's just all, there's loads. Like, but they claim that like, you know, it's some of re- it's... It's the reason they faked the moon landing or something. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, and uh, the, well, the, their claim is that these guys on the moon, they, these, uh, the man bats were, they actually were living inside the moon and that's why he only got some glimpses of them because they'd only come to the surface every oh, yeah. now and again, but they actually had a whole world inside the moon. Yeah. And then from that I found there's another conspiracy that the moon isn't real, that it's a spaceship. Just like, oh yeah. Script, like people are mentioned. There's so many theories. <laughs> if, um, do, you, do you want to hear a story of just absolute cheekiness? Always. And guile. <laughs> and think, what, sir? And pure guile, <laughs> I think is the right word for it. Is this is the uh the captain of Copenhagen, so in Germany, on October sixteenth, nineteen oh six. An out of German work, uh, out of work German shoemaker named Wilhelm Voigt donned on a secondhand military captain's uniform he had bought in a store. He walked out into the street and assumed control of a company of soldiers marching past. He led them to the town uh, hall of Copenhagen, a small suburb of Berlin. Arrested the mayor and the treasurer on charges of embezzlement. And took possession of 4,000 marks from the town treasury. <laughs> he then disappeared with the money. 
The incident became famous as a symbol of the blind obedience of German soldiers to authority. Even fake authority. Wow. <laughs> he was tracked down about, what was it, uh, nine, do- nine days later, and he was sentenced to four years in jail. But he proved such a likable character and a popular hero that he was pardoned having only served less than two years. <laughs> And he pursued, after this, he spent the rest of his life, he pursued a career in show business where he entertained audiences by reenacting his stunt on stage. <laughs> Wait, this article is not, like, you're not hoaxing me, are you? No. <laughs> okay. It sounds so ridiculous as well. Yeah. Like, that sounds like it could be made up in itself. No. But that's brilliant. <laughs> I got that from, uh, what was it, uh, hoaxes.org. Yeah list of ones but yeah i just thought that was that's a yeah that's very good what's your sorry did you more tell it than me no no that's what? that whole story yeah it's just even even if it's something we don't ha- we, we don't have to like go into or anything but just generally like with hoaxes you've heard about like just what's your favorite be it because it's so ridiculous that it proves just humans as a species are doomed um, or just because it was really funny that we're pulled off yeah or we're, we're out of their pull anything just um the one that used to always really annoy me, and I suppose it was because of the age I was as well, was the marketing ploy that the Blair Witch Project was real. Yeah, I guess. I remember just thinking at the time, but like, but if it was real, it wouldn't be in the cinema. It's just stupid, like, you know, this only this found footage was real. I mean. But I think that, like, I don't, to be fair, I don't um, think they really were planning for people to think it was real. I think they were just advertising. They marketed it that way. And I don't think, I mean... Look, film. Do do you think they marketed it that way? The same way Coen's Brothers marketed Fargo as being based on a true story, <laughs> or the same way <laughs> I like just finished watching the Netflix series. It's brilliant. Yeah, it's very good. Or yeah. like the like, I don't know. I don't know why you'd be annoyed at that. I, I'd be more annoyed about stupid people. No, I, and I stuff. remember being annoyed at the time at so many people. Yeah, like, I remember I was in school at the time, and I remember so many people being like, "No, it was real. It was real." It was like. No, okay, yeah, I'd be definitely be annoyed at the people. If you but it's like when there's still people that see Onion articles and believe oh, they're real. Yeah, yeah. And like, I'm annoyed by people's stupidity. I still love the Onion. Yeah, yeah. But so I, I just I wouldn't necessarily consider. I, no, I'm trying to think of more. I'm trying to think of more. Well, we bought obviously like the Wells, the the War of the Worlds one. Oh well, yeah, that's um, that's incredible. And again, that's like an, another like accidental hoax as well. Yeah, it wasn't. An, it wasn't. I think it's probably the most successful. Definitely, I think it's probably the, one of the most successful hoaxes. I think my one of mine, the well, the fake photos are always good. Like the Loch Ness, the famous Loch Ness. Oh, yeah, that's a great yeah. one. The Bigfoot one. Yeah, yeah. They're all. I don't want to go. Big, in. The Bigfoot footage. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's the. I, I love the the story behind that. Have yeah, you, yeah. You, do you know the story behind that? Yeah, that, yeah. Like, yeah, these yeah. guys got funding to make a film about Bigfoot. Yeah. yeah. They went off to go make it in the woods. They weren't successful in filming, but what they did turn up was they just happened to find a real Bigfoot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was just kind of like, what? So they never made their, like, basically they had a really flawed production. Yeah, yeah. But what little footage they did have, they released it as, oh, we got footage of a real Bigfoot. And again, I think it was back to that thing with the intention of, oh, with this we'll get money to make our movie. Yeah. And then it turned into, you think, like your man with the airplane. Yeah, yeah, like more, the alien on autopsy is another good one. But again, oh, there's yeah, people yeah. that still will tell you these are 
they're real. Yeah, so yeah, I like I can't where like people that. have now come forward and gone, no, no, I did that. that was, people yeah. still believe in crop circles. Like the first crop circles that ever popped up, recorded. The guys who done them, admit, were two old men who were just used to do it on the way home from the pub to have a laugh. Yeah, yeah. And like they've said, like time and time again, yeah, it was them all along. It started in like the late sixties or seventies. Before yeah, that, yeah. there was no crop circles. Just it wasn't just in in the public consciousness just wasn't a thing and then they started doing it and now it is and people still oh no no it's still they're still real it's like literally that the genesis of crop circles was faked so of course everything that comes after is and i remember there was these two english artists they came out and claimed they'd made loads of really famous ones in kind of the 80s 90s right they'd done they'd done loads of them and they were like just two young lads and they went over to america and went and they did it by like and the thing they found the funniest I watched this really good documentary about them years ago and the thing they found really interesting was all these people claiming that there's no way the corn could have been bent this way by a man and all this kind of stuff and they're like and one of the guys is like I got a plank of wood that's what the drilled old, holes in it yeah. put string through it and then and walked along it, it to yeah. push it all down and they he was like it's very easily done <laughs> yeah that's what the two that's what the two old men though. yeah yeah actually have you heard of the Cottingley fairy hoax? It's just the two little girls. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah I think yeah. that might be that might be mine. My my one of my favorite, just because you know the story behind it. Oh like, yeah, yeah. That they just, like loads of experts for, said it had to be real. Well, yeah, they yeah. Just did cutouts. <laughs> yeah, for the purpose of podcast, we should tell the story. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sorry. Okay. Um, it, there was two, it was two girls, two cousins who yeah. Well, basically, what happened, like. The, how it starts is like they were just always getting in trouble from coming home mucky yeah and the parents were like wondering how this always happened and it was almost like one of them fell down a brook or something and they said it was the fairies they were playing with fairies and yeah. the parents just dismissed it and they kept arguing with them that no longer like, definitely there's fairies down there we see them the whole time and so one of them borrowed their father was a photographer so she borrowed asked if she could borrow the camera to uh to take a picture of them yeah and so they did they took like two photos and one was there was i can't there was one young girl there was one that was nine and one that was like 16 or something i could be wrong but a good bit older and she 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 took the photos the older one and it was the the little one playing with the fairies and then there was another one of the older one with a gnome like just like an actual or is that a gnome's the right is that the right folk tale name for them maybe yeah kind of leprechaun the yeah yeah, yeah, no. yeah but yeah the father just thought it was nonsense <laughs> like yeah and just didn't believe them naturally but one of the girl's mother she was into like parent she was a spiritualist and she believed yeah. them so she there was like a, a theosophical society that she was a member of and she presented the photos there and it was adam gardner garner or something was the guy the leader of that Oh yeah, and he took an interest in the photos, and so did Arthur Conan Doyle. Of course, yeah. Um, did you know this part? That's why oh, I heard that before. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. And he was a big believer of it. Elsie Wright, that was the, and Francis Griffith, that was the the two girls' name. And it was the I think it was Elsie's mother that went yeah. to the Theosophical Society. But yeah, and so this guy, this gardener, I think that or. Garner or Gardner, but it was him and Conan Doyle that were the because they loads of people just saw them thought that is absolute nonsense. 
Yeah. But Conan Doyle and the Skarner guy believed it. So they... And Conan Doyle was writing an article for the Strand magazine yeah. on it, so he wanted uh, to include the pictures. Oh, he was crazy. writing about the existence of fairies, because he was a spirit. He believed in all yeah, this yeah. nonsense. And so they traveled down to to the two girls to like get them to take more pictures. And they met with the father. And the father was saying, like, I, I've seen the photos. They're uh, clearly... They're, they're cut, cut outs. And he's like, I've seen these pictures before in a children's book. They cut out the pictures. I, and they're like, oh, did, did you find the pictures? And he's like, no, no, but like... I don't believe it's real. And still Conan Doyle remembers like, oh no, I think there's something here. <laughs> and like they were telling them. And so they went and got the girls to apparently like according to Arthur Conan Doyle, they done strenuous tests to see yeah. if the girls were trying to deceive them. But it doesn't sound like they were too much because yet it was they biased tests. They weren't well they weren't there when they took the pictures. They let them go and do it by themselves and let them take a few days. So what what were they <laughs> testing? <laughs> <laughs> they sent them to Kodak to like experts at Kodak. They said we can't tell how they were fake, but listen, these look fake. Like well yeah. they said they look authentic. We like as in we can't tell yeah. for certainty that uh they, they they were faked or real, so we just we just can't say anything. Basically, uh, they're saying nobody played with the negatives. Yeah, yeah, but they they refused fact, to authenticate them, yeah, and that's from from the get go. There was a lot of playing with like what we think of as Photoshop today mm. was done straight away from the beginning of photography. Yeah, yeah, of like combining negatives and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, like just leaving a shutter open and it's like the greatest trick in the world. <laughs> like, oh yeah, that was one of the hoaxes I came across. Is this a uh, ghost? Yeah, photos yeah, the, and stuff. There's that really famous one in a church. That, but anyway, yeah. Uh, but so, but the, the two boys wanted just Kodak just to authenticate the pictures because yeah. they couldn't. And they're like, "Oh, you can't prove that it's fake, so authenticate it." And they're like, "Like that's not how it works. <laughs> I can't prove God doesn't exist. Therefore, he exists." They're, they're using yeah, that logic, yeah, yeah, like yeah. you can't prove it doesn't exist, so say it exists. And but they didn't anyway. But still, they both ran with it. It was true and. Arthur Conan Doyle wrote his piece on it and believed it as fact and pretty much went to his grave still believing it. But most people, like it, you read, like it seemed like a lot of people didn't believe it. It caught some people, but it seems in retrospect you hear about, oh, this fooled the world. Everybody believed it. If you actually look at it at the time, like there's loads of accounts of people saying, that's ridiculous. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, and of course it was. The... So the bigger hoax is more that they convinced people 20 years later that everyone believed it was real <laughs> I, think the, I think it's like a hoax on arthur conan doyle and the guy from the theosophical <laughs> society the yeah. leader it wasn't but like they stuck by it until the well it's funny because it was like 1983 when they came out and said it was that they faked it and said yeah it was the paper clippings from yeah. this particular fairy tale that's so for anyone that hasn't seen i mean google it, it's really easily found there's a film about it right but in the film it's real i think the fairies are real <laughs> of course because you probably won't get a film out of the other one. Yeah. But, yeah, it's just cut out. It is literally just cut out of fairies. And it looks like it's that. It's the fairy tale fairy depiction of fairies. Yeah, like. yeah. I've seen the pictures before, I remember. But, yeah, and there was five in total. And in 83, they said the, the pictures were faked. But never actually said the fairies weren't real. And one of them even claimed one of the photos was real. Uh, which I uh, just to make I think that might even be something that in itself might be a hoax a, a journalist made up to leave a little creepy end to the story uh, yeah, yeah. because why would you if you wanted it was real why would you fake for it's amazing to me that like because like Arthur Conan Doyle great writer 
seem like an absolute idiot. <laughs> like, if he, the fact that he believed that, and he was meant to be a doctor. He was. He was extremely, like, he... No, I mean, yeah, I meant he was a doctor, but meant to be, as in, shouldn't be believed in oh, no. fairies if No, I mean, a like, a lot of the theories he applied to Sherlock Holmes' forensic science mm. were actually stuff that nobody did that yeah, yeah they should have been doing that he just to him was just like why wouldn't you do it this way why wouldn't you look at this why wouldn't you look yeah at that? yeah you know and uh but it was all pre-fingerprints or dna or anything but i think the fact that he was conned by a nine-year-old into believing yeah, the existence of fairies undermines well, anything <laughs> else like when was this again uh, 1917 to yeah he was a good bit older than anything as well was he that much older yeah, he was a bit older yeah well, time does move. I'm sure yeah. he was a bit old. No, he was towards the end of his career, but that way, around then. But he wasn't towards the end of his life, was he? Was he that? I don't know. I'm trying to think. I've just read a lot of Sherlock Holmes. I don't know that much about Conan. Yeah, I like. I think he still was around a while. Yeah. But well, he had like a at the very least, he had two years spent doing this to discover oh, it, yeah, to be yeah, fake. Yeah. So. That aside, I mean, you have to go back. Like he believed other nonsense as well. Like I mean, it's not like he just fell into spiritualism oh, no, as no, an no, older no. man. Like he believed in a lot of things. Like yeah. he was a member of all these paranormal societies. And sorry, <laughs> <laughs> but the photos are terrific. Just and oh, how yeah. crap they look. Oh yeah. Oh, they even that's the the funny thing. There's a quote from one of the girls later where she just talks about how she found it ridiculous that anybody could have could believed have believed them. Like yeah. You're gonna show me a photo? Are you? No, I was just going. I'm curious what age Conan Doyle was or when he died. Ah, okay. No, I don't actually have that. But it'll be easy enough found. Yeah, she died in 1930. He's born in 59. He wasn't that old. Do you want to hear about the uh, the daredevil who didn't climb the Washington Monument? Oh, you have another one. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know. It seemed like we were wrapping were you up. Fading just out? Under... Yeah, I, you seem to be really fading out. And I was like, <laughs> I have another story. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, because you had said earlier you had three, and no, then you only did two. You didn't, well, you didn't want a really short one at the start, I guess. I was thinking of that. No. Did the airplane and the captain? I did. I'd, I'd, I'd read you, a little bit about one, but I yeah, didn't yeah. actually take any notes on I, it. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Yeah. You were talking about that. Yeah, but when just when you said... So I confuse you. With yeah, that, yeah. yeah. I was still just thinking like three anyway. But, oh, yeah, go. Sorry, yeah, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I, w- I wouldn't have even went on. Like, I thought... <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> I was only doing it because I was like, oh, this seems really quick now. Like, <sighs> so I was like, add something. Uh, <laughs> I've a whole other story for you. <laughs> Arthur Conan Doyle, stupid. <laughs> like, okay, go. <laughs> I was like, you were really struggling for content there. I was like, you okay, Johnny? <laughs> but, it's got to be a two-parter, I think. Just because now it's really long. <laughs> um, yeah, okay. There's this guy called Frederick Rodman Law, who was a famous daredevil at the time, and he had famously parachuted off the top of the Statue of Liberty and famously jumped off the Brooklyn Bridge as well and done loads of other feats. And he also, unfortunately, I couldn't find any of them. He did loads of uh, motion pictures of him doing stunts. Right. Like, they made special movies of, like, him, like, jumping out of blimps and all sorts of stuff. And him just doing these death-defying feats and stuff. From what I could read on them, it sounded like he was, like, the first... He invented Jackass, I think. (laughs) But anyway, um, in April 1912, he applied for permission to jump off the Washington Monument. But uh, local authorities refused it, um, saying, you know, it's the national capital. You can't be doing those kind of things. And... uh, so then on Tuesday, 
uh, May 7th, 1912, at around uh, 1.30 p.m., uh, a pedestrian suddenly exclaimed to the crowd around them that he could see Law uh, climbing the monument and was already third of the way up. So a crowd gathered. Uh, loads of people started watching and they could see this like like dark figure on the monument. Right. But a third of the way up and stuff and like uh it's like loads of stories and reports of like congressmen like hearing about this and getting up and standing to like to the balconies of their offices and windows of their offices and trying to look at this dark figure on the monument and all this kind of stuff. And uh that attracted a crowd that lasted nearly two hours. And eventually the police were like started forming and they got closer to the monument to basically wait for him to when he came down they were going to arrest him because he'd broken the law yeah and when the police arrived uh, at the base of the monument from the vantage point that they were at they could see that the dark figure of a fake human shape that was up on the monument was in fact a damp spot <laughs> that had been made by the previous night's previous night's rain. The, it was described that the weather had aided the illusion, uh, because the sun kept dodging behind the clouds half the time, and it gave the illusion that the speck like this was moving. So people, oh yeah, yeah. that may I can yeah. <laughs> so people were like this huge crowd of people were like looking up over yeah, at the yeah. monument like like cheering this damn spot <laughs> on to climb the monument the pedestrian who'd originally called attention yeah. to the whole thing had vanished into the crowd and was never found and it was speculated that he was either a random prankster yeah or and it was at the time a lot of like obviously there was very little car traffic and all that so it was more like pedestrian traffic and Apparently pranks were very common. It was a real kind of like common pastime for people to run out of like a building and shout fire, fire, and then run away. And then everyone would be like, where's the fire? Oh, you got us. You know, it was this real kind of like. So nobody knows what happened. Speculation of was it law himself doing it to mess with? It's never been proved. Nobody knows. Just that he was a famous guy who was in the papers. You could go see him at the the move at the movies you know he was on yeah, the film yeah. doing these feats and stuff so he was a famous character and stuff so nobody really knew uh just to give you a little bit of background on him like uh that uh yeah they don't know or did it, somebody actually just mistake this did he genuinely just think that was him climbing yeah, this yeah, person yeah. whoever it was nobody knows um but uh unfortunately he never got to climb the Washington Monument in the end ever even though he did loads of other like uh, daredevil or daredevil feats and all this kind of stuff uh, in 1913 he performed his most notorious stunt when he tried to launch himself 3000 feet in the air by means of a self designed <laughs> rocket <laughs> this, this stunt went horribly wrong uh, and exploded on the ground leaving him hor- burnt and injured However, he recovered, and a few months later, he climbed the side of the Capitol Dome. Ultimately, it wasn't his stunts that killed him. But he died at the age of only 33 in 1919 from TB. Ah. Uh.
<laughs> sad. We made loads of these movies from 1912 to 1914, and it was like, just, as I was saying, it's like. Pretty sure he invented Jackass from what I could read yeah, on them. And I, I searched through to see if I could find any like digital copies of them, see if they're on YouTube or anything or other like video sites and stuff. Nothing. Couldn't find any of them. I like, looked through them. There's about six different films. Yeah. They all have different. Uh, they had all these titles like. Uh, I'm trying to, I'm, I don't have them in front of me, but they were things like, you know, The Blimp Rescuer and yeah, all this kind yeah, of yeah. stuff. So it was interesting. Shoot. Yeah. We, as we learned last week, that. They were probably destroyed because the spool was more use afterwards. Yeah, probably. Just shame. But they're all shorts. So they're all only like six to ten minutes kind of. Yeah. Length, so. I think my favorite part about that, just the, the idea that there was such a common thing for people to just shout a prank in. the yeah. So I kind of, I guess I take back what I said at the start of this episode about like hating. Like just because it's April Fool's Day is really bad for the pranks. The quote-unquote pranks on the oh, internet oh, yeah. but the internet generally has loads of bs on it but yes yeah. maybe it's a good reason that the internet's there for people to get that out of their system and not yeah. be shouting fire in a, in a crowded <laughs> theater like <laughs> oh yeah uh, it could be a good thing but yeah it was just apparently it was just a really common thing of like people did it to just break up the boring walk to work yeah. in the morning i might start stuff. doing that <laughs> <laughs> but i think it still had to be the guy that spotted it because like now and that's one like when we were doing the um oh yeah your one where um the airplane one. yeah where yeah. people were like what was like the light from venus was bright yeah, yeah like i can't see how somebody can mistake that for anything but at least this one like that is i i can see why there's at least a reason there that there's the the illusion of something moving at least there's a shadow like some that kind of makes sense yeah but I think it had to be the guy because nobody would see that as looking you'd have to be it's like seeing a cloud and somebody says oh that looks like such and such and yeah. then you see the shape once somebody tells you what it is like a magic eye puzzle yeah so I I don't know I think this guy had to have like gone there with those intentions I don't know it just it sounds like it has to have been him but it could have been like he was just eyeing it up going you know what I'm gonna do it and then he went that kind of looks like a Hey, he's over there. You know, yeah. Maybe he was just eyeing it up. Yeah, and yeah, then, yeah. And, and happened to see it. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, that's good. For me, I'd like to think that it was Frederick Robin Law himself who was the pedestrian. Yeah, same, definitely. Because I think it's a better story. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just the idea that how long were, did they say? How long just people spent? Oh, like nearly two hours. <laughs> great. And it, like the whole point was like just the way the sun kept moving behind the clouds and stuff it just gave the illusion that it was moving slowly <laughs> that's good we're we're um definitely gonna have a good uh amount of hoaxes left as well to do next year yeah <laughs> like, we, will. we didn't even go into big ones here which is great um like i've never yeah, heard yeah. any of those it's fantastic yeah Again, my best source I found for them was hoaxes.org. I'm going to give them a shout out because they're very good for that kind of stuff. Yeah, and I've, I've probably read some direct sentences that they've written. I don't want to be accused of plagiarizing or anything. Some things were in my own words, others were their sentences. It's only a moral crime. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you won't be punished by law, but your soul will. <laughs> Unless you're uh, in a university, you'll, you'll be expelled, so... Oh, yeah. Be careful there. Like, yeah. don't cheat. Um, there's one, just it's worth mentioning, just because it goes back to something we talked vaguely touched on. Well, actually, we haven't touched on it. It's just a same family member. 
but there's this woman now i don't know what her actual name was she's called anna anderson but she's like one of history's famous imposters she pretends or she claimed she was anastasia romanoff Uh. who was czar romanoff ii from russia his daughter she was the youngest of his daughters and when the family were in the 1917 or 18 one of those years (laughs) in 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 the when the communist revolution when they executed the family they killed her oh yeah yeah. but her rumors of her escape were around for years afterwards oh, okay, and yeah. because they didn't actually know where she was buried or anything so this woman popped up about two years later and claimed she had been carried from the basement where the family were killed and brought to romania for safety and she claimed to be anastasia oh, yeah. and loads of family romanov family members that were still alive like distant family they didn't believe her but the wife of blanking on his name the mad monk rasputin yeah, yeah his wife believed her and she actually like yeah went with it and went like confirmed it to the press that this was anastasia oh, she well. said she recognized her she sounded the same so people a lot of people are just like wow okay that's somebody actually spent a lot of time with her yeah, yeah. um and there is if you look at a picture if you google Anna anderson like the i'm sure the, the picture will have the first picture will just come up will be them side by side and they do actually look alike but she wasn't like in in the well the, like it was like in the i don't know what year it wasn't it was like i don't know anywhere from the 60s on at some point they found the graves of like czar and his wife and like two of the children but they didn't actually find anastasia so then like there was a period when people were like oh oh wait maybe she's telling the truth maybe it was her yeah but then they don't they found anastasia's grave in like 1994 so oh yeah she she was an imposter, but a good one. Apparently, like, like, like that. It was a really common thing for. It was like a Napoleon complex, not a Napoleon complex. What's it called? People that who? Because Napoleon complex is the height thing. What's the thing people that taught they were Napoleon? Um. Oh, I can't think of it. But yeah. that same, yeah. yeah it seemed to be it, like there was a lot. She genuinely of, thought she was hurting Ernie. Yeah. Well, there was a lot of people that gen- seemed to genuinely t- think it. And they reckon like this girl actually seemed a little too smart to be. She even though like when they could trace her, they I wish I'd prepared for this one. This is actually oh, yeah. this is a really good one. You know what? We won't touch because we'll come back. To we'll it, get yeah. to this in nineteen seventeen. But just to finish what we, yeah, they uh they could they thought she was a, a Polish girl that had actually been in an asylum and escaped, and that uh, this okay. was probably a way to just get a new identity. <laughs> but she could have also been, if she was in an asylum she probably wasn't of good yeah. mind anyway but she seemed to like she knew an awful lot about her Romanoff family and stuff so like she she'd done her research and she was able to trick somebody who was actually insanely close to the family like well yeah. Rasputin was close I assume his his wife would have been so a last hoax we had no imposters um, and well that's is that do you yeah. subscribe to us on iTunes or you find us on iTunes on yesterday's news today uh, we're on Facebook the same and on Twitter we're at YNT Podcast and if you'd like to email us or anything we're yesteryearsnewstoday at gmail.com and if, if if you could you could rate us or not yeah. but we'd appreciate it either way we'll see you in the past you, you mean the future <laughs>